This is the Between the Covers podcast with hosts Deanne Malone and Rachel Trainum. We'll chat about our current dog-eared books, rom-com book club read, all things steamy and our love of a cute romance. Jump in bed and pull up those blankets. Get cozy. It's time for Between the Covers. Welcome back, readers. It's time for another episode of Between the Covers. Uh, we're recording in Deanne's new home, <laughs> so if it sounds a little echoey, that's why, because we're waiting on our furniture to come in a few days, and it's gorgeous and beautiful, and she's excited about it, and I'm excited for her. <laughs> It'll sound better next time with furniture. Yeah, a little bit more padding in the room. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And today's episode, we're talking about Hook, Line, and Sinker by Tessa Bailey. So it is the book club episode. And if you didn't join us for book club this month, don't worry. You can always read along with us or join us the next month or just read along and don't show up, but listen to the podcast. Whatever floats your boat. That's kind of what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Totally works. Totally works. Um, yeah. But first, Deanne, what are you currently reading and what are you looking forward to? So I'm currently reading The Wedding Season by Katie Birchall, which will be our July book of the month. Um, she was one of my favorite new authors from last year with her book, The Secret Bridesmaid. So I was super excited to see that one coming out. So I'm really enjoying that. And I really need to read The Secret Bridesmaid. She tells me that I think every time we see each other. You totally need to read that one. I will do it. I still will do it. I would, you know, there was one that was on the damaged shelves, but they weren't, it wasn't like approved damages. So I think I'm just, I'm waiting and then I'll see if it gets approved and then I'll, I'll snag it. There you go. It was, it's worth it. It's such a cute book. Or I'll just borrow your copy. You can do that too. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of that. I know. Like I remember. Um, and then looking forward to, I just saw yesterday on Instagram that Julia Whalen has a new book coming out, I think in August, called Thanks for Listening. And I loved her book, um, My Oxford Year. So I'm super excited to find out um, what Thanks for Listening is about. And I know it's about a audiobook narrator which she is which is really cute that's yeah that's good inspiration yeah so I'm really excited about that one and she's she was the voice narrator for so many books that you as readers would know you would recognize these books yes and that's like wild and then she's an author herself and if you haven't read what was it my Oxford year my Oxford year such a cute book it was really really cute I loved it we talked to previous episode um abby jimenez has her read has julia whalen read her books and she posted something recently that shows julia recording her books so if you want to go check that out on abby's page it's really funny i love that so what are you reading or currently looking forward to so currently i'm reading erotic stories for punjabi widows by bali coward just wall i apologize if i mispronounced her name and then I'm also reading a middle grade book called Show Me a Sign by Anne Claire Lizotte, which is special to me because I studied sign language in school and in college. And this is set in Martha's Vineyard when it was strictly a deaf community, pretty much for the most part. You know, some family members were hearing, but uh, it's, it's kind of cool to, you know, go back into my roots of what I was studying for a while at school. But what I'm looking forward to is Stuck With You by Allie Hazelwood, which is one of her novellas, part of the Stuck 
best novellas. Uh, I read the first one. I mentioned it a while ago, and I'm really excited for the next one. Um, the new Christina Lawrence, something wilder. And then Atlas Six. I can't remember the author's name, which I'll put in the show notes. But those are the three that I'm looking forward to that I'm hoping to get to. I want to finish the three I'm in right before month end. Yes. I don't know. Are you like me when you like want to close up the books you're reading before the month turns over? So I participate in some reading challenges. We've talked about this a little bit, but um, reading rivalry and litwits and dreamers. So all three of those reading challenges, you can count a book in the next month if mm-hmm. you haven't read more than 25% of it. Yeah. So I get to a point where I've finished all of them and then I read up to 25% so that I have yeah, some front load. So I think I'm at 14 books for March. Okay. And so I may start hitting my 25%, right. especially with the books that I know will count next month. Right. So it's a little wonky, but for I, the most part... You know, I like to finish them before mm-hmm. the month ends. I don't have any sort of reading group that I'm part of. It's just more of like my mental need for that. But I don't even put pressure on myself. I'm just like, I'd like to finish them up. But if I don't, I don't. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, but I'm pretty decently far into most of them. So maybe I've been in a weird slump the last few days. So I haven't really picked up anything i haven't even listened to my audiobook i'm just like i want to jam in the car <laughs> so you get those sometimes mm-hmm. yeah and that's okay like you don't have to read but i still think i've read about seven books this month which so. is awesome yeah. yeah and that's i mean month to month it's always different i think year to year i've always i started upping my reading more and more it just is progressively growing and then some years i go down so it just kind of depends as long as I'm at six a month, I'm happy. If mm-hmm. I go below six a month, I know I'm really stressed out yeah. and something's bothering me. Oh. So as long as I'm at six a month, I'm good. Oh, that's kind of a nice personal marker. I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> fun. All right. So we are talking about Hook, Line, and Sinker by Tessa Bailey. And Dan, do you want to give us a little synopsis on what the book is about? Sure. Well, I will start with why we picked it for book club, because this is just a hilarious story. So we started this book club last year. We started in June. And the one of the first questions we talked about was how spicy do we want to get with the books? And so our plan for last year was to have a range, find out what people liked, and then feed that like in 2022. So we had a book that was not very spicy at all in August. <laughs> One of my favorite books of all time. And which and book is that? It's Bookish Life of Nina Hill. I love that book. It's so smart, <laughs> so well written, but it was not a huge hit with the people who wanted a lot of spice. And then we did Kiss Quotient in October and everybody loved it and said more like this. So I had read um, It Happened One Summer last year. And I said, that's a little spicy. I think that will hit right where everybody likes to be. So when we saw that Hook, Line, and Sinker was coming out in March, we're like, okay, easy. Hook, Line, and Sinker will be the March book. So we're reading it in February, and I'm like, this isn't very spicy. (laughs) It's like a slow burn. It is a slow burn, but it's so I loved it. But I was so worried that the people in the book club were going to hate it. I was so stressed out about it. Um, and we got there, and the good thing about it is they loved it. And a little bit of a warning, we are going to talk about spoilers. Yeah. So in the book club 
book episode. We talk spoilers because we talk the book. So unfortunately, that involves the spoilers. So read the book and then come back to this episode and then tell us what you thought of the book because we want to know. It's a really cute one. It's such a cute book. And what happened in It Happened One Summer is Piper um, is sort of a Paris Hilton type and she just went over the edge. And so her stepdad took away all of her money and sent her away to the town that she was born in. Westport, Washington. Westport, Washington. West Point? Oh, Westport. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, oh no, did I get that wrong? No, you got it. And her, her dad owned a pub that was, he was a fisherman, but he also owned a pub that was supposedly being taken care of. Turns out it was actually just a hangout place and it was just a mess. But her sister Hannah went with her and Hannah and Piper go up to Westport and they fix up this pub. And in the meantime, Piper falls for Brendan and Brendan's best friend is Fox. So basically the whole first book, It Happened One Summer, is a slow burn for Hannah and Fox Mm -hmm. to become friends. And then Hook, Line, and Sinker starts with all of these text messages between Hannah and Fox. And I loved that part of the book with the text messages. Um, And then she finds a way to get her production company. She's in movies, her production company to come up and film in Westport. So she doesn't want to stay with Brendan and Piper because well, she can't because they've got they've got the in-laws in town, and, they've got the and in-laws Hannah's in town. only going to be in Westport for a few weeks. And it just so happens that Hawk Hawks, I combined Fox. their name. Oh, how cute! <laughs> we shipped them. They're Hawks. Oh, Fox has a spare room. Totally know where this is going to head. So Brendan does actually. Fox has a reputation um, for being a little bit of a playboy and so Brendan tells him no being a playboy with Hannah because she's basically family back off yeah yeah and so but he also doesn't know the, the relationship of friendship that they've been building up over this time because Fox has this huge crush on Hannah and has not been being a playboy for months and months and months and nobody noticed, Mm -hmm. which became a big discussion last night at the the book club. Like, how did nobody notice that he hadn't been going up to Seattle and like hanging out with whoever? It's because they only cared about hearing about his sexploitations. Yes. Yes. And so... um, Fox has basically given up all of his sexploitations and totally falls for Hannah. Hannah's totally fallen for Fox, Mm -hmm. but she has this crush that she works with. And so now she's got them both side by side, which makes it really easy to see who's Mm -hmm. the best one for her. The the crush that she has is also her boss for this production company. Like he's a director and he's kind of got an air of like shoo genius about him. However, there's really some redeeming moments because he does value and trust her as work, but there's like a sense of jealousy where he's like, oh, you know, this girl might not be actually 
single and hanging around, I, do I take my opportunity now or do I miss out? So like while he's kind of got that like playboy, oh, I know I'm hot and talented. He also at least still acknowledged Hannah for her worth for the most part. I mean, they were taking advantage of her at the company, but she wanted she wanted to start at the ground. Her stepdad could have got her a great job immediately, but she wanted to lay the groundwork and kind of build the career for what she deserved and earned. So. Yeah, she did it the hard way. Um, but yeah, I think, so my, again, my big fear was that everyone was going to hate this book because it was not what they had specifically asked for. But it turns out a lot of people read both books mm -hmm. in prep because, yeah. You and don't have to, but it would be to. really recommended to. But if you like the slow burn, like I said, the first book is basically a slow burn for Fox and Hannah, so you can just make it even a longer, slower burn. <laughs> um, but it turns out that a lot of people at the book club liked Hannah better, and so that's why they liked this book better than the first one. So that was really nice. I loved Hannah. Hannah and was amazing. I wonder if people liked her because she's more relatable. Could be. Um, Piper was an L.A. party girl socialite, and Hannah is more of a homebody-ish, you know, low-key, doesn't, isn't ostentatious in what she wears or acts, just loves music and loves finding, like, soulful moments and good pieces about people. And part of their text chain would be, like, what was the soundtrack for today? Yeah. And she'd always have the right song for the day. Just make, it makes my heart sing. I know. I and know. it's just so precious because that felt really real. Yeah. I, like, I imagined that being something I could have experienced easily if any sort of boy that I was interested or having a flirtation or friendship with just, it shows a sort of, you mean something to someone. Yeah. So I really liked that a lot. So one really cool concept that came up is Hannah keeps saying that she wants to be the leading lady in her life, mm -hmm. not just a supporting character. And one of the things we've talked about with the book Soulmate Equation um, last summer, we loved Fizzy and we mm -hmm. wanted her to have her own book. And we were lucky enough to have Christina and Lauren zoom into our book club and we asked about Fizzy getting her own book and they just basically said, it's really hard to take this really good supporting character. And who's already so self-assured. Yeah. And make them the main character of the book. So I thought it was really funny how Tessa Bailey took this whole concept of, you know, you're taking the supporting character and moving her into the leading lady spot. And she is actually struggling with it. She's talking about it out loud. Like, yeah. I want to be the leading lady. I don't want to be the supporting character. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really fun twist on that. Like, yeah. how do you do it? Okay, you just do it, obviously. <laughs> well, it's so hard, too, especially because it's a lack of self-confidence and trust in yourself. And yeah. so it's, it's hard when you don't have that. But when you're like actually working towards it that's incredible and if you're doing that in your life good on you because I know a lot of us can feel like secondary characters to what's going on around us but that I agree I loved that we got this secondary character from the first one and it brought to the front of this adorable book like it's yeah. just the most sweet and heartwarming 
cute little package book that I wish I was reading in a cabin in the mountains. Like that is where I imagined I was sitting. And in fact, I put on ambient sounds on my headphones while I listened to it. And it was like either greenhouse, like just sitting in like a kind of cozier environment or a cabin vibe. And I loved it. It was a perfect, like a um, pairing. That's the word. I'm like, like what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. So in the book, Hannah takes these old sea shanties that her father had written and makes them the soundtrack to the movie they're doing. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about this at the book club last night. Evidently, sea shanties were a huge thing last summer. Yeah, the TikTok. I totally missed this. But they're we were wondering so if Tessa Bailey was reading this and that was where she got the idea oh, for well, the she, sea shanties. She wrote it last year. Well, or during 20... Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't know if that's where the sea shanty oh. thing came. Well, I but mean, I, and it would be very on brand though with with the location. So that would yeah. be just that would have been like perfect timeliness to like fall into my lap, your her lap, my lap. Like I wrote the book. <laughs> nope, not talented like Chelsea Bailey. No, that's a really good Isn't point. That funny? Yeah, I totally did not know about this. I don't know how I missed oh. it. I'm not on TikTok. So sea shanties are so pretty. I loved when they went kind of viral for a bit last year because it just I'm like they're haunting yeah and I love that and from the movie that they're producing so she we mentioned earlier she convinced her boss to film in Westport and if if you've ever been in the Pacific Northwest for the most part it's very moody up there you know you get a lot of drizzly and overcast and it's the best I love that I will take that over a sunny day any day give me the sun <laughs> But I like reading about it. Yeah. I really did. She really painted a nice picture of mm-hmm. the environment. And I think the sea yeah. shanties were the perfect soundtrack to that. So that's what mm-hmm. I would think would need to be the ambient noise oh, yeah. reading this book. See, I can't listen to songs, though, with words when I read. That would be my only. Makes sense. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, focusing on the song. La, 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 la. Wait, what's happening in the book? <laughs> it's just like how I can't listen to audiobooks while I'm actually working on something. Because my brain is not focusing. I, I've got to pick and choose. Because multitasking, need to break it, is a myth. As much as we like to think it's not, it actually truly is. But I'm going to still pretend that I'm really good at it. <laughs> oh, so good. And then with the sea shanties, it kind of gives her... So she takes on that role, sort of-ish. So she, she finds the music and she asks her grandmother, because her grandmother gave it to her. And did you mention, Deanne, that she was struggling with that connection to her father? I didn't mention that. So in the first book, her sister, Piper, really, I mean, her Piper was older when their father passed away. So she has somewhat of a memory. Hannah has nothing. She was very little, has no memory recollections. She was expecting like, oh, I see this image and maybe I'll feel something. No, it wasn't there for her. But for her, it was when those sea shanties kind of came about that that really started making her feel that connection. And, you know, I still think that was garbage of the mom to take all that away from them, like to not even mention their father to them to build any sort of relationship. And then to still kind of have that coldness with their stepfather where they don't call him dad, but they call him their stepdad. You know, that wouldn't, that just, that was the biggest unrealistic part for me, Um, which maybe that's not the case. I, you know, I don't know everybody's situations, but... I think they talked about it in terms of the mom was grieving and she could not 
she wasn't was. that she wasn't building the relationship with them. No, she yeah. was pervert preserving her own self. But that's keeping it together. That still sucks because those. I'm sorry, but your kids deserve to know yes. about their dad, and it's not like he ran away or did something bad, and you're like, I don't want to talk about. It. He died. And I get it's death is freaking hard. Like yeah. that is hard. That's trauma, but that doesn't mean like you're hurting your kids more. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just I I, I don't have children, so I can't say what I would do. <laughs> I've not been married, so I really can't say what I would do. But that just really bothered me about that. So she gets these songs, and she's finally finding her connection with her biological father, and. I love the discovery of the music even later of Fox's little cupboard because when she starts moving in with Fox, it's like a total dew pad of like emptiness. You yes. know, he doesn't want to look like he's sticking around. Bro, you've been there for quite some time. Buy some furniture. Yeah. Yeah. And he's secretly been buying albums mm-hmm. and stocking them away in this cabinet. And one of their early text messages talks about albums hidden away in a cabinet. So mm-hmm. when she finds them, that's a really emotional scene. Yeah. Um, for her. Yep. It was a really good book. Yeah. Okay, so I'm kind of blinking right now. What was the big fight? I can't remember. Oh, right. Okay. So the big thing with Fox, <laughs> what we haven't even talked about yet is like, so everybody puts this sort of playboy persona on Fox. Like, oh, he's a chillies man. He's having sex with all the women, you know? And he's like, well, that's not who I am, but sure. That's who I'll be. And like, even his mom put that on him at such a young age. So it's like, oh, it's expected of me. Like his mom physically winces when he sees when she sees him, which is so messed up. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. He he deals with a lot. And one of the things we talked about at Book Club last night was he's actually more messed up than she is. Oh, for sure. And you don't often see that in books. It's mm-hmm. usually, you know, the girl who has to get over all of this stuff. But she really helps him mm-hmm. deal with that and confronts it. And when he goes and talks to his mom, it's really not that, you know, it turns out differently, but then she apologizes for what she's put on him all of these years. And It was a really healthy display of, we don't need our men to have that toxic masculinity experience and that they're more than just their appearance. And I know we talk about steamy, like sexiness of the men in the books, but really like, it was such a pure moment and even him, like his understanding of who he is himself. Yeah. 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 And then um, he had had a really bad experience in college Mm -hmm. where he was used and abused and um, just really started to believe the story that everybody had written about him and just started living it. He's like, I'm only good from what I can give in my body, and there's nothing more to me. And Hannah's really the only one that comes out and says, you can be whoever you want to be, and you can be more. And he tries, like, continually with her. He's like, no, I'm just like this. She's like, no, you're not. But when you figure it out, you can find me. You know where to find me. Yeah. Which leads to, like, the big, you know, how there's always in the books, you know, you have the big, like, what's, you know, drama. And I 
loved how that, so he, him and Hannah got in a fight and he ended up, that was when he went to his mom's Mm -hmm. and he stayed the night there and he couldn't get a hold of Hannah. And so he's freaking out because he's like, oh my God, I love her. And he's searching and he finally goes home praying that she's still there and she hasn't left because the production team's going back to California and he's desperate runs in. And she's sitting there in front of the cabinet with headphones in. And he's like, oh my God. She's like, I was mad at you. I'm not leaving. Like, duh, you're crazy. <laughs> and I was like, that is such an accurate thing. Like, that is a healthy relationship that we want to read about. I she it. was just perfect in that. Mm-hmm. I loved the conversation between Brendan and Fox, too. So, yes. from the beginning in book one, Brendan's trying to get Fox to take over Captain Mean's ship so he can launch a second ship. And he comes back and he keeps trying not to do this because, you know, he just doesn't feel like the crew respects him. And he finally lashes out at Brendan and says, you know, you'll trust me with your ship, but you won't trust me with your Mm sister-in-law. And that was when he really realized this dual piece that even his best friend was putting on him. And Piper, his his fiance slash Hannah's sister. Everybody had that for him. Yeah. And so it was a really nice way. Um, and then we need to talk about the epilogue. Oh, my God. I know, yes. right? I was like, the what? Duh. Yeah. Oh. This is like. I love hate it. I love hate it because it got wrapped up. Our story of the sisters, the Bellinger sisters got wrapped up. There are no sequels. <laughs> but it was such a well done epilogue. It was about 10 years in the future. Um, and it just ties all the pieces together so nicely and um, it still has the humor mm-hmm. that you expect from the whole book. It's mm-hmm. not like a perfect little scene, um, but it was so cute. What was the goofy thing that happened? The moose. <laughs> the moose. <laughs> and those of you who are reading, you just have to read both books and get to the epilogue and find out about the moose oh because God, it's the worth moose. it. I, was like, I couldn't it. remember what it was, but she's like, oh my God. Nothing is easy for Hannah. <laughs> and they have kids. They have kids. And she gets her dream career. Uh, I love how they wrapped up her career, too. Because, you know, for most of the two books, she's wanting to score movies and create that. And she finally puts herself in a position, you know, in this book to start learning the practices. And then you realize... No, she's good at something else because she finds this local band. They record her father's sea shanties. That becomes the soundtrack. And then she's like, you know what? Seattle's kind of a mecca, which we already know. I mean, like, hello, um, for really good music and kind of that grungy. It's grunge. That's where grunge was born. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely a sweet book. And what shall we spicy rate this? So it is a slow burn, but once it gets there... It's a hot burn. So I would go with maybe three yeah. chili I think I said two. Just, well, okay, you know what? Actually, I'm going to change that. Three, because there is that moment where she's like getting herself off and he walks in the apartment and he can smell the lube because she borrowed it from him. <laughs> and that was a whole discussion in the book too. And then she's just like, you know what? You're sitting there. I'm going to do me because he's like, 
just just have sex with me because he's trying just to get it over with so he thinks he can get it out of her system his system and she's like no not happening and i was like oh my landa i could never do that and stare someone in the eyes I'm like what is happening like oh my god when it gets there it's hot so yes. i would say three yeah it is not all throughout the book like nope. it happened on several books but no. it is it is definitely a three yeah I liked this. I gave the book four or five stars overall. Like it's a it's a favorite. I like it a lot. I I think I gave it five. I loved this book. We did do the thing at book club where everybody went around and gave somewhere between one and five stars, mm-hmm. and we had um, an average of four point three. That's a good average, which is pretty good for this yeah. group. Yeah. yeah, we had some threes. We had some fives, um, but everything else was the people who gave between. it three. Why did they give it three? You know, did they not say? No, they we had conversations. I think it was just okay for them. Yeah, yeah. If you don't love it, you don't love it. Yeah. And one one person who gave it a three said, "I'm a really tough writer," so that might have been. Yeah, that might have been it too. Well, I think this one was a hit for the rom com book club, and I'm really glad you recommended it because it was a solid choice. <laughs> And even if not for the reason that I recommended yeah. it but <laughs> yeah it was so spicy in the first book this one right? um, so, there's a sizzle happening fun fact um, you had me at Ola was not super spicy mm-hmm. and that was our December book but if you read the follow up a lot like Adios mm-hmm. it is more like it happened one summer she so stepped it, it up <laughs> she stepped it up so I think it's just some Authors have a consistent spice rating, and well, I think some authors kind of mix and match as the story goes. And maybe that also depends, though, on the characters, like what fits for them. So, yeah. Because yeah. not everybody has to have a wild sex life, you know, or all this steam or be True. crazy. You could just, I mean, you do what's best for you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you enjoyed Hook, Line, and Sinker by Tessa Bailey. And Tessa Bailey, if you're listening, I love your books. (laughs) Perfect. Thanks for listening to the Between the Covers podcast. You can follow Deanne at EODBRT and Rachel at More Than the Pages on Instagram and everything podcast related at at Between the Covers pod. Between the Covers pod is produced by our local indie bookstore, Dog Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and share the pod with all your amazing people in your life.